Welcome to Wellspring, uh, our podcast which is uh, entitled Wealth is Health. And uh, I'm your host, uh, Will Green, and I'm here with my colleagues, uh, Dr. Sean McQueen and Dr. Rudy Bosch. How's it, guys? How are you doing? Very well. Yeah, well, Will, thanks. Good, good. Um, this, this episode, we're going to just uh, briefly go into one of the most um, important vitamins or the question is is it a vitamin vitamin d um and uh yeah um and essentially this is just to keep you guys up to date with um all the latest um uh, news relating to health and proactive health management um i think our vision at wellspring is to you know um basically inform um the people about um you know health and, and things that you can do to improve it um, because I think I, I think you guys will agree with me but you know this year has been a kind of a, or last year has been a watershed with regards to the availability of quality content um, yeah yeah I think we've just um, we've just alluded to that off air uh, for us as medical professionals and also for well we've we've shared amongst ourselves some great information um, uh, from coming from the likes of Tim Ferriss and, and Peter Tia for looking forward in, in exactly what we're planning here in South Africa with Wellspring, um, the clinic that, that, that we've started up here, to look at people a little bit differently looking forward in your health rather than than looking at how sick you are um, now and what 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 has been your previous problems but looking forward how we can fix and getting numbers of where you are at the moment mm. yeah and i think that's a it's a good starting point because you know i think we we know that you know healthcare is actually sick care you kind of managing reactively when it comes to someone's health, um, and you know we all know that by being you know mindful of your numbers and and where you stand um, does definitely help. So that's our vision, and uh, we were just looking at our stats, um, you know, and the, we've actually got quite a, a large audience in America, which is great. South Africa, you know, as well as in Australia. So welcome, guys, wherever this might uh, find you. Um, yeah, so we're going to kick, um, go into vitamin D. Sean, you've done a bit of research into it, and uh, yeah, maybe you can just share with our listeners um, you know, what you've what you've discovered. And and obviously, this is constantly changing. So if you guys also want to just go into Facebook and search for Wellspring World, um, that's a good way also to get up to date with all the things that we are reading and sharing. And uh, we will also be publishing it onto our website in the new year. So, Sean, yeah, vitamin D, kick us off. Yeah, so first of all, I think a lot of the information comes from the states, and then often the stats is also based on state stats. So, uh, apparently, up to 60% of people in the United States are deficient in vitamin D, and I think we can, you know, in other countries, we might have similar um, stats on, mm. on vitamin D deficiency. Um, and, and I, I think, oh, why? The question should be why? Why are people deficient in vitamin D? And I think it's the way we live these days. Mm. Indoors. Um, indoors and things. Mm. Um, so, so, so if you go look at vitamin D, so about 80% of your vitamin D comes from, you know, uh, 
settling down, down hydrocholesterol is converted to vitamin D in the epidermis of the skin through UV radiation and the heat conversion. Mm. So, so that's the sun. Mm. Okay, so you need sun. And, and then again, people with, with darker skin, they tend to have a problem there as well. So mm. these days we all use sunscreens and we all have eight to five, eight to eight job indoors. Um, yeah. When you go out in the sun over the weekend, you put it on your sunscreen factor 50 because we're concerned mm. about skin cancer. Mm. Um, so one of the reasons is that we just, we don't get the exposure to the sun. Yeah. Um, if I can maybe just interject there, uh, the research saying uh, if you wear fa uh, factor 15 or more SPF, your uh, forming of vitamin D pretty much stops. So as I said, uh, wearing fa fa factor 15 or more of a sun protection factor blocks enough of your UV that you do not form uh, vitamin D enough. So you wow. will become deficient. Uh, sorry for interjecting there. Yeah. No, no, it's absolutely So that's right. fact factor 15, one five. And above, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah. And the other thing is only about 20% of your vitamin D you get in through your, your diet, basically your fatty fish. Mm. I don't think a lot of people eat enough fish yeah. to start off with. And then um, some of your plant, plant sterols that you can get vitamin D through, through that as well. Um, but, but you, you share, share with us the, the fact that is it a vitamin or is it a hormone? I think that was the most interesting thing from my side when, when you shared that with us. Well, the vitamin D gets transformed in the liver to a more active form, which is 25 um, vitamin D, and then it gets transported to the kidney where it's actually the active form is made, which, which is the, the 125 the, um, vitamin D. So. The active form interacts with the receptors again, and acts, the action is basically like a hormone. It, it's got certain, so there's vitamin D receptors that's on the cell membrane and the nucleus yeah. membrane. So once the vitamin D is activated in the kidney, then it's actually doing its function from there. Okay. By binding to the receptor, and the receptor then um, causes transcription of certain protein, proteins, enzymes, which is, uh, have an effect on the epigenome and the genes. Mm. So this. There's thousands of vitamin D receptors in the body and the tissue, which mm. has got effects on hundreds of genes. Mm. So, so in the past we were thinking bone health. Yes. Okay. But now with all the discovery of all the receptors, we know that it's got you know it's far beyond bone health. It's mm. got effects on many systems in the body, like on your immunity. Mm. Talk about brain health. To mention Alzheimer's, autism, dementia, mm. depression. Depression, mm. uh, it's, it's play a role in obesity, wow. um, wound healing, wound healing. It, sure. it, it, you know, it, it plays a role in even longevity. There's a couple of studies coming out that vitamin D is very important in, in longevity. Mm. Um, interesting, the, the one study where they've knocked out the vitamin D receptor in mice, mm. they saw that the, the knockout mice, they just age so, so quickly. Wow. And then I think it was the Buck um, Institute, they also did some studies on vitamin D on the nematodes, mm -hmm. um, where they saw that the vitamin D played a role in the genes involved in longevity. Mm -hmm. 
So, so vitamin and, and, and the principle basically is it helps with the folding of the proteins. Yes. Okay. So that's played a role. So it increased the lifespan about 33% in the nematodes. The wow. Health span. Sure. So the problem with medicine today, is we, as we said earlier, is that we treat sick people. So we say, okay, right, you've got rickets, you've got a vitamin D deficiency, so we need to treat that. Mm. But the smaller stuff we can't really measure because yeah. that's a long-term effect. So if you've got accumulated misfolding of proteins over many years, you might end up developing disease like Alzheimer's, mm. you know, have an effect on your longevity. But it's very difficult to prove these things because that's long-term yes. studies. We like short-term studies. Right? You've got the deficiency, we need to mm. treat that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, so, so there's many levels where you can lack on vitamin D. The most important one is obviously sun exposure as we spoke about. And then there you've got the genetic factors where you the vitamin D binding protein that transports the vitamin D in the blood, you might have a problem with the gene. Yeah. To form those proteins and then on the receptors as well there can be problems there. And we, we've seen with some of our patients where we've done genetic testing and we've seen that some, you know, cannot um, yeah process the, the, the vitamin D, um, yeah, sufficiently. No, abso absolutely, and you know, um, we need to test. I, yeah. mean, I think that's the bottom line, you need to test because you don't know. So with the genetic testing, then we can see, okay, you might have a problem. That's nice to know because then I know I need to test you. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of the studies, that the, the medical studies, randomized studies, they, they look at certain end results and um, supplementing above the normal range doesn't usually produce any benefit mm. as much. But there's a lot of studies showing that being low in vitamin D might be bad for you. And we can go into that a little bit later. Cool. So what you're saying is that when my grandmother was sent from the UK to spend some time in Kenya for the sun, it wasn't actually such a bad idea. Oh, <laughs> and and they ten years longer. <laughs> well, she did. She lived to over ninety, and uh, I think it was also with regards, you know, her immune system and, and so forth, you know. But but I think that I, I, I think the more we dig into vitamin D, we just understand what a valuable uh, compound or you know it is because of. Obviously, the influence it has on so many other uh, formulation of other um, sort of hormones. And, yeah. yeah, I think there's, uh, I mean, uh, the the Finns actually supplement vitamin D pretty much through the whole year because mm -hmm. they realize that uh, vitamin D is such a big part of what we need. But mm -hmm. I think us in South Africa, we do have the sun and we have a lot of sun and we haven't historically tested as much as we probably should have um, and that's preventative medicine and in our fee-for-service model probably much like the USA um, you, you do get funded for treating sick people rather than healthy people yeah um, and um, just talking about the uh, the, 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 the um, levels so you can actually test the, the blood levels of, of the D and um, our, our levels so we've got an interpretation so it's nanogram per milliliter and you you're clearly deficient if you're under 20 if you if you partial deficient it's uh, 20 to 
Ah, sorry about that. 20 to 29 yeah. nanograms per milliliter, and then the optimal level is somewhere between 50 and uh, 30 and 50. Mm -hmm. um, you're probably toxic if you're over 100 nanograms per milliliter. And then also the nice part, um, I'll maybe leave that to Sean, but you, you can actually then supplement to know exactly where to put your level to to not be toxic. Mm. Yeah, because that's that's something that that I don't definitely do personally. Obviously, in, in the summertime, I don't uh, supplement vitamin D, but definitely in winter, you know, I do. And and when I went for my uh, executive medical here, we um, we saw that my vitamin D numbers were on the, on that in that high range and in, in the safe zone. So it's I think the another sort of just to reiterate what Sean and Rudy saying is is definitely know your numbers you know and specifically relating to vitamin D and in the ranges that that Rudy has just spoken about. No, absolutely, and and you know there's. A a lot to be said about vitamin D and a lot of studies came out about vitamin D and cancer, cancer prevention, or it plays in cancer. Um, and that's also, you know, on everyone's rider. But basically what, what we know from the studies at the moment is that they've done this big study as a Japanese-based study where, where they saw that if you have higher vitamin D levels, now this is not supplementing people, just mm. people with higher levels compared to people with lower vitamin D levels had a 20% reduction in development of cancer. Mm. And that was a long study, it's a study stretching over 16 years. Yeah. Um, they, they've repeated, or they've done a study after that now. Um, where they supplemented with vitamin D, mm. but it's a short-term study, it was a five-year study, and that showed that they didn't decrease the incidence of cancer on that study. Mm. But now they're not talking about people having low levels of vitamin D, they're supplementing vitamin D above the normal levels. Mm. Um, and the same thing with, with, um, with Alzheimer's and some of the other brain conditions, with Alzheimer's, if, if you're low in vitamin D, you've got a double chance of developing Alzheimer's disease. Sure. Um, they've also done a study in that line where they've followed up elderly people, they did a mental check or examinations, and then they followed them up yearly, and it showed that the ones that was low in vitamin D did worse on the follow-up. So um, that's not to say that supplementing with vitamin D will have a beneficial effect on, on, on not developing certain things. Yeah. But what it shows is that if you learn vitamin D, you've got a certain risk of developing disease. So, so if you know your numbers, at least be in the normal range. Yeah. If you're normal, I don't think it makes sense to supplement with, with vitamin D unless you're treating something specifically or aiming for something. Cool. That was very interesting what you mentioned with regards to Alzheimer's because it seems like it's got this cumulative effect, you know, specifically also with, um, if you think of like, uh, you know, um, yeah, Alzheimer's and, and other things. Like, that, what impact does it have on sort of bone health, you know, because I know there, there is a relationship between vitamin D and calcium. Maybe our listeners can kind of, kind of get something from that. Yeah, so obviously that's that's one that we all know. It's like vitamin D. You need vitamin D to get the calcium in the bones, to have mm. strong bones. So if you don't have vitamin D, then you get deficiency in like crickets in the children. Yeah. When they first diagnose vitamin D deficiency. Um, 
And uh, so the question is, supplementing with vitamin D, would that prevent osteoporosis or mm. disease? But in the Australian study that they've done that showed that if they supplemented calcium and vitamin D above the, above the, yet again, above the normal range, it doesn't have a beneficial effect. Mm. Um, so all the information that we get out there shows that if you low in vitamin D, it might be a problem. Okay, mm. there's very little uh, information that if you supplement above the normal range, that you'll have a benefit. Um, the only study that I saw recently was the one on oncology, where they showed that if you had cancer and you supplemented with vitamin D, then you actually lived longer. Mm. Okay, so that was a recent study published in the oncology journals in 2019, end of 2019. But other than that, there's, there's no, no point or there's no studies at the moment showing that to supplement above the normal range. But there's a lot of information showing that if you're in the low range of vitamin D, mm. then you might end up getting certain problems. Mm. Um, in, in our clinic, lifestyle clinics, we, we've got a lot of obese patients these days. Um, I think the US has got a major problem that's coming to other countries as well. Um, and interesting, a lot of the obese people are low in vitamin D. Mm. So we're we, we, we starting to test vitamin D in our patients now as well. Mm. So you can you can make an argument because it's a fat-soluble vitamin that because they fat they have you know lower levels in the blood of vitamin D. But um, if you um, a couple of studies showed that if you provide people with vitamin D without changing their diet, they don't lose weight, but they change their body composition so they get more muscle mass and less fat mass. Sure. It's definitely uh, uh, definitely something. Play there, and mm. then the one study where they where they've actually did a low calorie diet with exercise, and then the one group received vitamin D, the other didn't receive vitamin. In that group, they actually lost more weight than the other group. So vitamin D is a very important vitamin in, mm. in general health. Yeah, and I think it's getting the attention now, and uh, you know specifically uh, with re with relating to these studies that Sean is uh, mentioning. By all means, you'll find them on our Facebook page. Uh, a Wellspring World um, and also in the future on our website wellspring.clinic. Rudy, what do you want to add on to that? No, I, I think just to add to what Sean is saying, um, we're getting back to exactly what you're saying, your grandmother had to go to Kenya. There's actually quite a lot of in, environmental factors and also micronutrients that we have to look at and if your doctor hasn't told you what your vitamin D level is, it's probably not been tested because it's so common. It's almost like we found with iron mm. earlier last year or in 2019. It is extremely common. It's a micronutrient that's not being tested and also not being supplemented if it needs to be. And it's actually much more beneficial to your health than the di diagnose and treat with a tablet than uh, that we're seeing doctors do for sickness rather than just supplementing the stuff that you actually do, do just need. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think our next episode will touch in uh, on iron, which we know is, is a va valuable one. And we've done some uh, with, with some of our athletic um, sort of uh, customers, I wouldn't call them patients, <laughs> you know, be, uh, with regards um, performance and how that's helped them. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's a key thing. And what's quite interesting with even people live, living or sort of leading healthier lifestyles, obviously there's a big trend towards more plant-based diets 
it's going to be quite interesting to see what ha what, what impact that has on iron because as we know like um, you know we, we get a quite a major source of our iron from from meats red meats um, yeah so yeah that's it guys thanks for 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 listening uh, i really appreciate you guys and and thanks for um yeah for your time we look forward to catching up with you on our next episode